blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. I am back, Michael Shibley, with you here, the ace of Tennessee podcasting. It's a new podcast. It's a new old podcast. It's Man in the Arena. We're back, baby. Brought back the old name. There's no network. It's just me. We're recording still live from the closet studio, of course, taking precautions with COVID-19 and everything going on still out in the world. But we are back. It is great to come back here with you and spread the good word about everything going on in the world of sports and professional wrestling, combating the dullards of everyday sports talk. As always, it's great to have you guys with he- with me here. Thank you so much for hanging in there. We'll get all the great sports and humor and dumb stuff going on out in the world. We're going to talk all about it in a sports and professional wrestling context again. I do want to give great thanks to Aaron Cody Campbell, my former boss at another network, it seems like ages ago at this point, for letting me uh, have and use the name Man in the Arena We're back with that name. I love having it. It was still my favorite name for a podcast. So again, Michael Shibley with you here. Let's dive right in to breaking news. I was setting everything up and getting ready to record again the premiere episode, the relaunch, if you will, of the Man in the Arena podcast when, of course, it came over the news wire that it is official that the Big Ten has decided to postpone their college football season. There had been talk that this was something that was going to happen over the weekend, and it became official just this afternoon as the Big Ten Conference presidents and chancellors have voted to postpone all fall sports seasons, and that does include football, with the hopes of playing in the spring. It announced the statement from Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, which, bless his heart, it's his first year as Big Ten Commissioner taking over. Uh, Just, again, what do you want to walk into when you come in? This is your first big thing on the job, taking over as Big Ten Commissioner, and this is what you have to do. And, again, saying the mental and physical health and welfare of our student-athletes has been at the center of every decision we have made regarding the ability to proceed forward. As time progressed, and after hours of discussion with our Big Ten Task Force for Emerging Infectious Diseases and the Big Ten Sports Medicine Committee, it became abundantly clear that there was too much uncertainty regarding potential medical risks to allow our student-athletes to compete in the fall. And it just came, of course, over the wire. I say wire. I mean Twitter when I when I talk about wire. It's pretty much Twitter when it comes to what I'm talking about. But what we're talking about is also the Pac-12 has also announced that they are postponing un- most likely until the fall when it comes to their football season. So you've got some big breaking news. Of course, here you've got a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. So I'm going to do my best to break all of it down, wade through the muck and everything happening. What was the big concern, especially for the Big Ten and now the Pac-12, as well as some other conferences? We'll kind of talk about the timeline here in a second. But what it was really was 
it's from what the Big Ten and their doctors have talked about. It's a rare heart condition that could be linked with the coronavirus is fueling this concern about the Power Five conference administrators, about the viability of college sports in the fall. It's myocarditis. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. My mother, the nurse, will probably correct me, or if any of you want to correct me, hit me up, of course. The Man in the Arena Facebook page, also the Man in the Arena podcast page on Instagram, or Man Arena Pod over on Twitter. Hashtag Man Arena Pod. Follow us there and tweet me any discussions that you guys want to have. But it is. It is a uh, mitocarditis. It's an inflammation of the heart muscle has been found in at least five Big Ten Conference athletes and among several other athletes in other conferences, according to two sources with knowledge of the athlete's medical care. The condition is caused by a viral infection, including those that cause common cold, H1N1, influenza, mono, all of these things. It's a rare condition, but the COVID virus has been linked with mitocarditis with a higher frequency than other viruses. So again, this heart condition is what is causing so much of these issues, and that's what it is, where they're looking at this and saying, I don't feel comfortable sending these student-athletes out into the world of sports with these contact drills and helmets and all this stuff where you're in everybody's face and worrying about what's going to happen. And that's a lot of this. That's where a lot of these concerns are. It's been a really interesting timeline when you think about how this all has come about. And let's just talk about college football. We'll go back even farther when we talk about a lot of this here in a moment. But what you have to look at is last week, UConn, as a football independent, they had been with the American Athletic Conference. They're now independent because they're going back to Big East in basketball, what have you they decided that they were not going to play any fall sports, and that included football. They canceled their football season. People were thinking, and again, me, myself included, it wasn't going to be that big of a deal, at least just if UConn was making that decision, because again, as an independent, you had already seen over the last few weeks that all of these college football conferences, the ma- the big Power Five conferences, and these are who we're really talking about, the Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, and SEC, all went out and said, we're going to do conference-only scheduling. So that got rid of all that. They were trying to reduce travel. They were trying to just play it safer and keep things more in-house with ways of doing things. So you have all of that, but then what comes up this over the weekend is the MAC, the Mid-American Conference, which is, in terms of money, either ninth or 10th in riches when it comes to of the all the 10 conferences at the uh, football FBS level. They all decided that they were not going to have college football here in the fall. And again, you run into that, there's not going to be any MAC-tion which is pretty much one of the things that I was going to lead off this podcast with because they were the ones that had come out and said on Saturday that they were not going to play. And, of course, they came out and were talking about nobody wanted to be the first to do it, and now nobody will want to be the last when it comes to it. It feels like, again, no one wants to cancel, but it's reaching the point where someone is going to have to. And, again, with so many of these 
schools, especially the major conferences, keeping it in-house. The MAC was stuck in something where they didn't know what they were going to be able to do or how they were going to fund college football this season because so many of these MAC schools, Bowling Green, Toledo, Northern Illinois, and Northern Illinois was the linchpin. They were pretty much saying that they were not going to play. So it's weird that Northern Illinois there in DeKalb, Illinois, was almost your linchpin or your first true domino to fall with a lot of this because all these schools have the way they make so much of their money for their athletic program and to fund that football program is to play the big boys in non-conference. You know, Bowling Green takes a boatload of money to get their butts handed to them by Ohio State. So with that revenue cut off, you all had just the TV money and their TV contracts are not great. I mean, that's why you had Maction happening like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays in the fall because that was the only way that these schools could really get that exposure. And it was great for them. I loved Tuesday night Maction. It was something great to have on at work where I am because of the just what's happening. And you got to have live sports and might as well have some great college football action. It's crazy. It's, you know, not great football, but it's something. So you look at all of that. They decide to cancel. The Mountain West also came out and has postponed their college football season. So you see where all this comes. Then you have a lot of players because it seemed like this momentum was gathering. It looked like the Big Ten, again, was the ones really leading the way. And you had a lot of these college football players coming out, and they had a video call. It was really led, of course, by Trevor Lawrence, one of the top prospects and one of the most recognizable faces in college football. I mean, he won the national championship as a freshman. He was runner-up last year with uh, Clemson to Joe Burrow and LSU last season. And now, I mean, he was going to be one of the most recognizable faces, a Heisman front runner by far. And there was the hashtag, we want to play. And of course, that was paired with we want to coach. We are united, which is another thing that you have. The we are united as a lot of these players have been pushing to have some sort of player organization. Maybe not exactly a union, but somewhere where they get representation. And of course, one of the things you run into is also happening today. Big news today. The Supreme Court came out and said this isn't... The NCAA had been trying to delay the idea of college athletes trying to make money off their name, image, and likeness. They were looking for more time to get out regulations because the NCAA had earlier just punted the idea of that happening. And then that didn't happen. Uh, they said, no, we made this ruling. You guys are going to have to deal with it and figure it out. So you've got all that going on. And that's one of the interesting things where we have to keep in mind. And that's one of the things that people always talk about. It's like, well, you know, the NFL is going forward. Basketball and baseball and, and hockey are all going forward on their professional leagues. Why isn't college football? Just keep in mind and a reminder College athletes aren't getting paid to play. We can argue, as we've said many times, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, yes, they are getting a scholarship, they are getting an education, and that goes a long way. But they are not, as they are physically on the field, risking their, their bodies 
to playing this game. They're not getting a paycheck to do that. They're not even getting any money still at this point because that name, image, and likeness stuff has not gone through yet. So always something to keep in mind when you talk about this, and that's what they talk about. Yes, there are questions about the liability issues. People compare it to with the NFL with the concussions, where down the line, if a player gets sick and then has these longer-lasting heart issues, which is something I have talked about for a long time just personally and with my wife, Mrs. Shibbles, where you don't know, we don't still know the long-lasting effects of this virus. And again, we have over 160,000 people in this country dead. And yes, the odds are a lot smaller for younger people and healthier people to have real issues, at least immediately, with the virus. There's been a lot of asymptomatic. That doesn't mean everybody is going to be fine because there's been plenty of people. I'm 37. There's been plenty of people younger than me who have died from this disease. So always something to keep in mind. But then you have, of course, guys like Trey Smith, Tennessee, one of the most recognizable players that Tennessee has. Offensive lineman Trey Smith, you know, someone who could go in the draft talking about it. And again, he's had the blood clots in his lungs for a long time. And he's talking about he wants to play. It would tick me off to my core if we were snubbed and that opportunity gets taken away from me to go out there and prove myself, Smith was talking about. So, I mean, you have all these people, Justin Fields, so many people wanting to play. I mean, you even have Nick Saban talking about how players would be safer uh, at Alabama than running around at home, which it looks like from however they decide to do these different things, at least in the Big Ten and Pac-12 who've made the decision, the student-athletes are still there. Fall semester is still going to happen. But, I mean, you have people, the kids want to play, and I understand that. Even there was photos on Twitter. Tennessee Chancellor uh, Donde Plowman, she met with the Tennessee Volunteers football team on Monday, and at the end of the discussion asked if they wanted to play football, and the answer was a resounding yes. And, of course, they want to play. That's the one thing that should be obvious to everybody here. Everybody wants to play. This is not a happy occasion. You, you, you have this idea that there's people in the sports media that have just been like, they're just happy that the football season has been canceled, which is one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard. One, because people in sports media covering sports is how they make their living. There's a lot of great college football writers out there who might be looking for a job at the end of all of this because of the economic downturn, because there is no sports in the fall to cover. They might not be able to make it to spring. So that's something you have to keep in mind, that this is not a happy day. This is a very sad day when it comes to you've got almost half the college football world at this point are going to be playing sometime in the spring. This probably means there's not going to be a college football playoff unless they all move to the spring because you have right now the ACC, Big 12, and the SEC are all standing pat. So they're pushing it back. They've made their adjustments. We're going to see. So it's not a happy day. It's sad. I mean, again, I have my druthers about the Big 10. Never been a Big 10 fan. I've been a Tennessee fan my whole life. I'm an SEC guy. I'm a Southern football guy. I have a lot of problems with Ohio State and Michigan. Let's throw Notre Dame in there. I've talked about it on different podcasts. and But it's still the tradition. I mean, 
I don't like Ohio State at all, but Script Ohio is something beautiful to see. A packed big house up there in Michigan. Penn State with the whiteout. The emergence of Minnesota. You have so many of these great programs that aren't going to be playing football in the fall. I mean, the first time a lot of these schools haven't had a season in the fall was World War II, where in the early 40s, a lot of them just didn't have football at all. Like in 1943, that was the last time the University of Tennessee did not field a team. It was because of World War II. So that's how far back we have to go with something like this on major implications. And the SEC, of course, has tried to do. They, they've realigned and they've had their, their co- new conference things. They were going to come out with a new schedule. It looked like this week, and they still might. We still will see where all of the fallout goes from this. But Tennessee was going to play Texas A&M at home and Auburn on the road. Those were the new teams playing a 10-game SEC schedule. Of course, then you look at, for example, Alabama was getting Kentucky and Missouri which is just hilarious. I mean, we were going to devote so much time to just breaking down the new SEC schedules that we were going to have on this podcast, but of course the Big Ten and now the Pac-12 have come out and postponed, so guess what? That's what we're talking about. I can just throw away all the other work I was going to do for all of this. So you look at those things. The SEC has their protocols that they were going to take care of two coronavirus tests per week coaches will be required to wear a face mask or neck gaiter on the sideline at all times during football games that was going to be so much a positive test was going to require a player to isolate for at least 10 days and be asymptomatic while prolonged exposure would lead to a 14-day quarantine just like everything else along the war in the world when it comes to all of us. But again, with football, it's like, okay, so your quarterback gets it, but then does that mean all the other quarterbacks are going to be sidelined? Because they're in that meeting. We don't know where he got it. And they always talk about, well, you can't prove that they got it from playing football. It's like, if you hired the right amount of contact tracers, you can do that. They've proven that they can do that in other countries around the world, in South Korea and Japan, mostly, or over in Europe. So you have those ideas Of course, the We Want to Play movement came out. And, of course, our president talked about all of that. He said no football would be a tragedy. But, again, one thing, and, again, you can have your personal politics. I have mine. You want to discuss this further? Again, Man Arena Pod on Twitter. You come at me. I am the man in the arena. I will jump into that arena and go toe-to-toe with you with my beliefs if you have yours. And, again, People are allowed to be have different opinions. That's what's so great about this. However, he talks about wanting to have football. Well, if so many people had taken this seriously when it was apparent that we were going to have to shut down and postpone games and post, just shut down the economy for so much of this, people not taking so much of this seriously, especially the idea of reopening, if people had taken it more seriously... We wouldn't be in this issue. New Zealand had stadiums full of people for rugby matches because there have been no coronavirus tests in New Zealand. Yes, and again, I know it is an island country, but they were able to lock it down. They, I think, had their just first COVID test positive in 101 days in New Zealand, but they went 101 days without that. Life's been getting back to normal there. In Japan and South Korea, and South Korea got their first COVID taste the first day that we did, 
and they were able to lock down their country. They were able to do testing for everybody. They got ahead of it. They've been having Korean baseball for months now. They've been able to have more activities in Europe. There's a lot of places where people are able to go out without masks because they got ahead of it and had a more long-term idea than the belief that it was just going to go away in the spring or by July 1st, it would be gone. And you had people just not wearing masks for the last six months. Even here, Coach Philip Fulmer, our athletic director, here at the University of Tennessee, came out and told people, if you want to have fans in Neyland Stadium, wear a mask. And trust me, there's been still a bunch of people in Knoxville who have refused to do that, and they're out there blaming the media or just fear-mongering that this is bad and all these different things. That's not the case. So really, when you look at it, again, let's just boil this down to a couple of things. It's player safety where, again, and that's one of the things I look back on this. You have player safety where, as a coach, you are on a recruiting visit, and that prospect, you are in their home. You, Lee Corso always loves using this. A lot of the guys on game day always love using this analogy. Where you're in their living room, you look, as a head coach, you look that prospect's mother in the eye and say, I am going to take care of your child. Because again, in high, they're still high school kids. They're still kids. They're just now technically adults. And you have that where you say, I'm going to take care of your kid. Well, now we have this pandemic where we can't, they can't fully guarantee that they're going to be completely safe. And I know, of course, you have car accidents, you have other extracurricular things that do happen. We are all aware of that. But there had been ways to slow the spread of this. There had been ways to, to stop it. And that isn't the case right now. So you can't fully guarantee their safety. And yes, of course, college kids are going to get it. We, you're seeing this in baseball right now. I mean, the Cardinals have played, I think, five games in this young season. They've missed like 13 games because they've had COVID. The Florida Marlins have had that. or I'm sorry, the Miami Marlins have had that issue as well. So... It's something that we're all living with. And again, we don't know the long-term aspects of it. But of course, again, in professional sports, they're getting paid to do this. But you still have players opting out. There's been a lot of baseball players and basketball players who have opted out. You've had up to, at this point, 66 NFL players who have opted out already of the season. And that could be more. You've had guys who are potential top draft picks in college football who have opted out of this season because they're, they just don't want to risk the fact that, again, they're not getting paid and they don't want to risk the millions of dollars that they have the potential to make in the NFL by playing in a year where it's something new that's a new factor in causing – because, of course, they could be playing and they could just tear their ACL. But that's something you just see in football. COVID is something new. And, again, we don't still know the long-lasting effects of it. So that's something you run into. So again, those coaches are making a promise to make players safe. And college kids, trust me, don't always make the best decisions. I know that. I was a college student. I made some dumb ones. At the University of Kentucky right now, they're having problems because there are plenty of kids, even in the dorms, in the residence halls where they're living, are having parties. No one's wearing a mask, which is in violation of a lot of the rules that they're having. So those are things... That we're running into, 
And again, of course, everybody wants to play. I want there to be college football. I want to cheer on my Vols. I want sports to be a beautiful distraction of everything else that is terrible going on in the world right now. And I love nothing more than college football. It makes me happy, even when Tennessee is infuriating me. And trust me, there was a lot last season that infuriated me. But it was still something to be a distraction from everything else going on in the world. I mean, you look at sports after 9-11, and that's another thing. The SEC was the last league in all of sports, pretty much in America, after 9-11 to postpone their games a week, and they went into that kicking and screaming, so I'm pretty sure the SEC is going to do this kicking and screaming. They've already pushed the start of the season back to the end of September, so we'll see where this all ends up. So, of course, everybody wants to play. I want them to play. The players want to play. The coaches want to coach. That's the bottom line. They all do. We all want that to happen. However, that's why you have people in charge to make that decision. That's why the high school, I'm sorry, the college presidents are the ones out there making these decisions. It's not the athletic directors. It's not donors. It's the college presidents who are out there. It's the same idea. As a little kid, I loved playing baseball. I would, I, I never understood. I would go out there and play baseball, it's pouring down rain and we're out there and you hear a roll of thunder, but then you have your parents tell you, get inside, you have an aluminum bat, don't sit out there with a lightning rod. For the love of all that is holy, don't do that. So those are the things you're running into. I know I have been very long-winded on this first topic because, hey, it's the big news of the day. It's the perfect thing to come back as the man in the arena podcast. A couple of other just quick notes as we just change topics, we'll hold off shibbles and bits until another time. We're going to bring that segment back, of course, my friends. But let's just talk one other thing in the world of sports. Uh, the PGA Championship happened over the weekend. What a great and just beautiful course they had there at Harding Park there in San Francisco. God, I miss San Francisco. I was born in the area and visited many, many times. San Francisco, one of my favorite, most beautiful places on the planet. It was great just to see it. it looked beautiful. You had whales out there breaching out in the ocean. But Colin uh, Morikawa, he's 23 years old, wins the PGA Championship in his second career major. Of course, he won it on the 16th hole pretty much on the final round. He hit the driver on the 294-yard par-4 perfect flight. Landed within seven feet of the cup, drove the green and won on a par four, pretty much kicked it in for an eagle, and that set him up to win, which was just amazing to see. Just beautiful. Uh, six under 64, the best closing round by a PGA champion in 25 years. Two shot victory over Paul Casey at 66 and Dustin Johnson. So, again, congratulations to him. You got a lot of these young guns on the rise. I think Morikawa could be a very bright future for him I mean just amazing of course there was the great moment at the end where he lifts the trophy and the top falls off so hey it wasn't all perfect for him but my goodness what a that, one of the greatest shots you will ever see in the history of golf was that tee shot on 16 on the final round just absolutely beautiful moving on to professional wrestling another sad story another Great wrestler from my youth that I remember. Uh, James Harris, known as Kamala, the Ugandan giant. He passed away at the age of 70. Wrestled more than 400 matches over the course of several stretches with the WWE. He had the, the, the face paint and the moons and stars. and 
wrestled without a, a shirt on. Big, of course, had a great feud with The Undertaker back in the early 90s. 380 pounds. 84 and 86 through 87 both culminated in championship matches against Hulk Hogan. So again, just one of the greatest just big monster heels you could always talk about in the world of professional wrestling. Another guy from my youth who I have fond memories of, again, will be sorely missed. Uh, He had wrestled small regional promotions for a long time up until about 2010, but then health issues including diabetes, Uh, led to Harris having his left leg amputated below the knee, and he lost his right leg in April 2012. So again, sad to see him uh, pass away, but again, great memories, and I hope that's what everybody remembers him for, which is some of the great wrestling memories that we have in the world. Meanwhile, talking about the WWE, the slow prodding move to SummerSlam, which is happening in a couple of weeks. We'll have more coverage about that on future episodes of the Man in the Arena podcast. Of course, the main event is going to be Drew McIntyre defending his WWE championship against the Viper Randy Orton, which should be good. It's a good lead up to it. That's about all I can say about that. You're going to have some great women's title matches as well that we'll get to and break down even more. Meanwhile, in AEW, they have just been killing it. I have loved everything about what AEW has done. The Fight for the Fallen, the Fighter Fest matches have been great. Orange Cassidy is facing Chris Jericho in their rematch this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, which I believe is Tag Team Appreciation Night. With FTR leading the way, you're going to have, I think, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, special guest appearances, the Rock and Roll Express. It's just going to be a great night of tag team action as well, of course, as Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. We'll break more of that down in the weeks to come. But again, thank you guys so much for hanging in there. Again, this has been the rebirth of the Man in the Arena podcast. No network again. It's just me, Michael Shibley, the ace of Tennessee sports podcasting. Again, follow me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley or Man Arena Pod, or of course, Man in Arena Podcast on Instagram. Like and subscribe to the Man in the Arena Podcast Facebook page. Send out invites for that. And of course, wherever you get this fine podcast, please, as always, like, subscribe, share, hit that like button, give us those five-star reviews. It's going to help us. I will love you forever for every listen that we get. But until next week, again, as everybody, please wash your hands, wear masks, stay safe. I love you guys. Too sweet. See you next week.